the Insatiable Appetite. My name is Renee Wheeler. I'm a senior consultant here at the Hartman Group, and I am joined by my colleague, Danielle Kleiner-Cantor. Hey, Renee. And today we're going to be discussing some key takeaways from our newest report, Shifting Food Habits and Behaviors, an analysis of 2021 eating occasions. This report has already been released to our Hartman Retainer Services clients, and a condensed complimentary version will be available along with the full report that will be for sale uh, next week via our website. Excellent. And before we dive into the rest of this podcast, let's talk about what exactly an eating occasion is. Uh, At THG, we define an eating or drinking occasion as any time someone has had something to eat or drink. Now, this can be as simple as a drink of water in the middle of the afternoon or a three-course dinner, including a salad, entree, dessert, and multiple beverages, such as a glass of wine and sparkling water. So it's important to note that when we talk about eating occasions, we're talking about everything that was consumed at that time, which can be incredibly variable. Yeah, absolutely. And for those who aren't familiar with the Hartman Group's Eating Occasions proprietary database, this is an online survey in which we field three times per year in the spring, summer, and fall. And we're capturing everything that the respondent had to eat and drink in the past 24 hours, followed by a deep dive into one of those one to two of those occasions. So we're capturing not only what was consumed, but also where the occasion took place, who was present, when did they decide what to have, you know, what cooking methods, if any, were involved, where did they source the food and beverage on that occasion, and what are those need states driving their decisions? And that's just to name a few. <laughs> exactly, just a few. Um, we've been consistently fielding our eating occasion survey since 2012, and to date, we've captured over 170,000 adult eating occasions. And this is a nationally representative respondent sample of the U.S. adult population, and it's balanced against all major demographics. So the data analyzed in this report was captured throughout 2021. Um, It's a combination of three waves of spring, summer, and fall. And we're comparing this data to both 2020 and 2019. So in this report, we really focus on adult eating occasions. But it's also worth noting that we also capture self-reported teen occasions, which is ages 13 to 17, and parent-reported child occasions, which capture ages 0 to 12. And today we're going to focus on five of the key takeaways and implications from the report. So let's dig, dig in, right? First off, there is more eating taking place in the early morning. Now, contrary to 2020, the beginning of the pandemic, the basic rhythm of eating, including when and how much Americans are consuming across the day, shifted in 2021. And today, early morning snacking occasions are playing a more important role. So on an average day, 23% of the U.S. adult population now participates in this occasion, uh, which is up significantly from both 2020 and 2019, whereas fewer are participating in breakfast through after-dinner snack occasions. Now, millennials and those with high income and education levels, full-time employees, and those that live in urban areas are more likely to participate in this occasion. And early morning stacking occasions are much more social 
today when compared to the pandemic. Um, in particular, they're more likely to happen among family and as a couple. And they're also more likely to involve leftovers or be sourced from a restaurant. Yeah, and when we think about what this means, um, for retailers, CPG and food service alike, opportunities exist, including date park marketing campaigns via social media and product innovation that caters to not only convenience, but also fresh, less processed, nutrient density, and customization, which are key consumer needs during the early morning snacking occasion. Absolutely. Now, our second key takeaway is that daytime eating is still more likely to take place in ho at home when compared to before the pandemic. Now, when compared to 2020, uh, the beginning of the pandemic, in 2021, more occasions did take place at work or other away from home locations as expected. However, when we look at this across the day, at-home eating remains higher than pre-pandemic levels from that mid-morning snack occasion through the afternoon snack occasion. So this suggests that at-home eating remains high for those who continue to work from home during the pandemic, whereas Americans have really resumed away from home eating routines during that early morning and evening day parts. Mm -hmm. And as more consumers resume work, school, social schedules outside the home, we'll increasingly seek out those flexible on-the-go food and drink solutions. So sustainably minded um, packaged foods and beverages that can be kept on hand or taken on the go, or even products that can be easily consumed or transported just to the home office will help manufacturers and retailers appeal to a broader range of occasions and needs. Yeah, definitely. Now, our third key takeaway is that we're seeing more social eating. In fact, one of the most prominent impacts of COVID-19 is around the social context of eating. As many people continue to work or even attend school from home and are also more comfortable social socializing with others due to vaccines, etc., eating occasions are much more likely to take place with others when compared to before the pandemic. But it's important to note that this increase in social eating is predominantly driven by more occasions with family and as a couple rather than friends. As many people continue to work from home, again, you know, due to COVID-19. And I will also note that this shift is most evident among younger generations and from early morning through afternoon snacking occasions. Yeah, it's so interesting. And thinking about you know, from that, what what's the takeaway? It seems like recipes and products that can be easily adapted to suit a variety of these tastes and eating preferences, along with some flexible, flexible portion sizes and formats that can be easily scaled down for solo eating or snacks or up for larger groups or meals are going to be really key. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, our fourth key takeaway is a rise in restaurant source food. And we saw, you know, as cooking fatigue set in after the initial onset of the pandemic when everyone was at home and cooking, we saw that restaurant food returned as an integral component of everyday eating. And this was particularly the case among younger generations and parents. 
and leftovers, uh, which most often include food or beverages sourced from restaurants, are being used to fulfill multiple eating occasions from early morning snack, as I mentioned, through the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, thinking about what does this mean? Uh, We can see that white space opportunity exists for restaurants to capture numerous eating occasions with value added, you know, quote unquote, builds that extend beyond just the immediate eating occasion. Whereas CPG manufacturers can provide a counterbalance to restaurant source food with health forward culinary driven products focused on convenience or simple recipe assembly to fulfill multiple eating occasions throughout the day. (laughs) Yes. And lastly, our fifth and final key takeaway from the report is that consumers are willing to pay for delicious flavor experiences. So many consumers continue to trade up and see the value in paying more for food and beverages that offer enhance and or kind of new unique flavor profiles. And this is especially true among millennials, parents, and those with higher income levels. In addition, functional benefits that not only assist with physical needs such as energy, but also emotional needs like relaxation are playing a more important role as consumers increasingly expect more out of their food and beverage choices. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And products that can cater to these needs around premiums, such as sourcing and production quality, health and wellness benefits, global flavor profiles, et cetera, can appeal to consumers seeking to meet these pent up demands for upgraded and unique experiences via food and beverage. And at the same time, as prices continue to increase, consumers will likely become increasingly discerning. So paying more for the products they deem are worth it for the enhanced experience they provide. Mm-hmm. And as local regulations, federal guidelines, vaccination statuses, and the virus itself continue to shift, eating behaviors moving forward, you know, they remain challenging to accurately predict given so many of these unknown variables. But that said, it has become evident that COVID-19 and accompanying mitigation efforts will likely continue to influence American food culture for the foreseeable future. Awareness of these continuing impacts and the ability for food and beverage companies to quickly adapt to changing routines and behaviors will really be key uh, moving forward. Yeah, that is so right, Renee. And as a reminder, a complimentary version of our 2021 eating occasions will be available at hartmangroup.com next week. Or please reach out to us here at the Hartman Group to learn more about our Compass Eating Occasions database and the implications specific to your business. Or if you'd like to purchase the full report, which also includes the eight day park dashboards, a deep analysis of early morning through late night eating occasions, including what was consumed, where it was sourced, who was present, uh, where it took place, uh, emotional drivers, need states, and key demographics. 
That's great. And that's a great report. And I think that's a great place for up to uh, for us to wrap up today. So at the Hartman Group, we are continuously staying up to date on consumer behavior and developments in the food industry. And we are here to help you navigate any questions and challenges about what they mean for your business. So please reach out to us with any questions. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Danielle. And thank you all for listening. So catch us again on the next episode of The Insatiable Appetite.